Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and God bless you for tuning in to another matriculation of Springboard, your virtual university. Springboard is a multimedia, educational and personal development intervention, the biggest and the most enduring of its kind running since August 2008. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. We continue our Smart Solutions series with a two-part discussion on payment systems we started last week talking about the past the present and the future of payment systems and so we continue that discussion tonight and last week we had two very interesting guests Kofi Ogusu Inshira of Nsano and then Derry Dindazi laying the foundation with a focus on the past and the present, the past and the present of mobile systems. Very interesting discussion last week. Tonight, you take a look at the present and then preview the future. Is it, are we going to get to a time when just by winking at somebody, you can transfer money? Let's see how, how exciting the payment systems or the payment platforms will get as we go forward. What will technology do to make life easier, smarter, less expensive, more convenient, cutting across geographical boundaries? What is the future of payment systems as we look at the present and the future why do people change one payment system or another and move to move to a new one what are the drivers of change and what makes a payment system acceptable within a particular context we want to see how far we've come and then very importantly move into the future my guests for tonight Eli Hene is the, the General Manager, Mobile Financial Services at MTN Ghana. I also have Elhanan Oreku Asari. He's the Head of Customer Distribution at Ecobank Ghana. They'll help me understand money, 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 money. Let me start with you, Eli. How far have we come in this journey trying to, trying to make payments easy, convenient, and exciting? How far have we come? Thank you very much, Albert. And... Uh just to give a, a brief uh, overview, um, in terms of uh, payment systems, a lot of work has gone in, especially uh, from the mobile perspective. And so today, on the go, people are able to do a lot of things. A lot of things because on their mobile phone, they either have an app, an app that enables them to connect to one uh, payment uh, solution provider, a merchant, or other uh, integrated payment systems. Now, for the solutions themselves, there are many uh, options that are available. Uh, in Ghana, uh, we are just uh, scratching the, the surface, but gradually we are moving into uh, NFC uh, that allows us to just tap uh, and then we are able to pay. Uh, beyond all, uh, all acronyms must be explained. <laughs> <laughs> so what is NFC? Well, it's near field communication uh, right. that allows one uh, um, unit to communicate to the other just by coming as close as possible. So it's the kind of thing that either by passing through a sensor or showing your card to something exactly that, that, uh, you are built and you are allowed to just go away without bothering to to stop and do all the all the exactly processes exactly. Right. So you you have your 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 phone 
you can uh, get it as close as possible to uh, a POS. And then there's communication that allows uh, the two to communicate and exchange data. And by that exchange, a transaction is processed. Right. So in, in, a, in some countries, at a cheap station, you just show your... You just show your debit card to exactly. or if it's, um, your, your, of course, your Oyster card or your exactly. debit card to a particular sensor and just walk through and then just board the train. And exactly. when you come out, it will bill you for the, the distance traveled. Exactly. In other countries, the, what do you call it, the, the toll gate system, there's something connected to your car that allows you to just drive through, but you are billed for... Exactly. Right. Th- that sensor then picks up your, that's your what you unique identity. N- NFC. Exactly. Right. And then allows you to, to, to drive through uh, and make a payment. So that's, that, that's a technology that uh, has been with us, and we are now building into our ecosystem here in Ghana. Then we also have the QR codes. Um, it's, it allows certain uh, reading uh, of that, and it needs uh, an app that is able to recognize that. And once you pick up a specific QR code that is specific to a particular payment point, it allows you to interact with that payment point and then exchange an information, and then you're able to uh, process uh, your payment. And so within the context of the business environment, there are a lot that we can do. And for us, beyond these two, there are new technologies that are also uh, uh, coming up. And people are talking about all manner of things. For now, I want us to dwell on these two and try and get a good understanding of how they are impacting on our market in Ghana. Right. I'm going to come to Reku, who I'm sure will tell us more about QR codes. But uh, well, let, let me just tell you, share something in common with my son, Reku, who, who, who also is very fascinated about technology and then also, interestingly, plays football. So if you were in my home, you'd be a very popular person. The name of Reku is a very big name in my home, right? So Reku, let me find out from you. Um, before we've been settled to QR codes, let me find out how well have we embraced these new innovations. I know some time ago it, it seemed as if people who did not feel that they were technologically oriented shunned any discussion about convenient payment platforms, using technology and so on. How far have we come in embracing them now? Thank you, Albert. Um, payments has had an interesting journey, I mean, globally. If you look back right from butter trade through coins to cards, now it's, get, it's gotten to mobile. Um, there's one thing that always sticks out, the customer convenience. Right, so you're, you're big in convenience. Okay, customer convenience and scale, okay, on the, on the business side. So that has been the key drivers of, of payment, the evolution of payment up to this point. So you get to a point where on the, on the consumer side, the consumer is looking at how can I pay easily? And then, and then on, the, on the merchant side or the business side, how can I accept easily? You know, so that convenience plays for both parties. And if you look at even cost components, it is a major issue as well because um, uh, if you look at uh, the butter trade system, it was, it, would, it would spend a lot in terms of resources to be able to carry what you call your money from one point to the other. But these days, uh, because of technology, you can easily transact, no matter the figure, easily without any trouble. So there's a cost component there, and there's a convenience as, as well. well. Personally, what has been your most fascinating experience with the payment system? I mean, 
what has been your personal the day that you look back and say wow we've come a long way from your childhood when everything was cash 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 i mean is there a personal experience that sticks out in your mind it's the introduction of the mobile i right. i always say that mobile payments it's, it's a movement right you know um i quite remember as as far back as 2008 when we started uh, we had the introduction of mobile money in the country. Um, it, it was it was as if this was a joke, but today we look back and um, mobile payments is, is detecting payments across where uh, regulators are are being forced to catch up. You know, so you you get to understand that even for for the for the big financial institutions, they realize that it's it's important for us to get into that space to ensure that we, we try to follow the lifestyle of the customer. So for me, it's, it's, it's mobile payments. You mentioned convenience and then you mentioned skill as the two drivers for, for adaptation or acceptance of any form of, of, of payment. Let me read from this report um, by KPMG that see, is a um, November 2016 report entitled Payment Developments in Africa. And in the Ghana side of the report, it says, despite these efforts and strengthening infrastructure baseline, Ghana remains a largely cash and check economy or society. Indeed, whereas global trends seem to lead towards an overall reduction in the use of checks, statistics from Bank of Ghana show a steady increase in check usage in the country from approximately 38.5 billion Ghana cities, that is 7.4 billion US dollars in 2010 to 131 billion, 38.5 to 131 billion um, Ghana cities, approximately 29.7 billion US dollars in 2015. That represents a 240% increase over five years. Would you attribute that to scale, the fact that big time, big size transactions? cannot necessarily be run on the mobile platform. I mean, if, if it puts the, the reports into perspective, um, there's a difference between the value that are being transacted right. and the difference between the volume in terms of the count of transactions. Right. If a lot of reports that are coming out will tell you that the volume in terms of the count of transactions are increasing at a increasing rates. Right. But when it gets to the volume, obviously retail payments are... are small amounts, relatively. But we, we realize that our size as an economy, in terms of economic uh, um, uh, development and everything, is going up. So, in terms of value of transaction, these are checks today is predominantly being processed by corporates. And their values are much, much, much higher as compared to uh, the consumer. But if you compare the, the volume of transactions being processed for the consumers, it's much, much higher. Right. So that is where the convenience actually speaks to. I mean, that's the point that it speaks to. Ellie, give us some, some perspective on the, on the issue of, of, of volume. He's talking about the fact that this represents value, which the report actually clearly indicates the value of transactions. So, yes, there's been a 240% increase in the value of transactions over a five-year period. But let's talk about volumes. How well have people embraced mobile payments in terms of in terms of volumes? Well, once again, um, I'll go to the statistics. And uh, from the reports that uh, Bank of Ghana shares uh, on mobile uh, wallet payments in Ghana, 
we've seen uh, in terms of uh, volume transactions uh, growing by uh, almost 100% uh, just over the same period uh, last year. Um, we are talking about uh, a transaction volume of close to 429 million uh, over the period January to June versus uh, 222 uh, million over the same period last year. So the so volume this themselves is, this are... This is 2017. Yeah. January to Four, June 2017. 429 million yeah. in January to June 2017 compared to... 222 uh, million uh, in uh, the same period 2016. So it's more than 100% yes. Yeah. So about 100%. About, about right. that. So the volume side is also coming and it's coming once again through the fact that people are now able to use their mobile phones uh, to execute transactions. How well is this spread nationally? Is it, is it, would, does your research suggest that it is wide, widely accepted across all 10 regions? Are there any demographics we should be interested in? Well, um, yes, because, you know, for payments, it cuts across. And it, it works based on, like Oracle said, the, the person who is doing the payment and the other who is receiving. And for businesses, we cut across uh, the country. And therefore, for most people, when they are doing transactions, because of the mobile they are able to reach out to anybody anywhere in the country. And so in the same way, um, the country is able to benefit from the spread. If you look at the activities, of course, it will be more prevalent in the uh, cities where we have a lot of activities going. But the rest of the country has not been left out in this journey. And I can tell you for a fact that even today our traders who do the journey to the north now use this uh, channel uh, to execute transactions uh, among themselves. I suspect that that means that there's no threat of somebody stopping your car, teaching money, and collecting all your money. Well, because you didn't have any money on you. Your, your money would have uh, executed the transaction already. Let's talk about cultural. Are there any cultural barriers to the deployment of technology? Are there cult and inhibitions that are ingrained in our culture that prevent us from embracing new technologies? I, I will not say cult. I mean, culture is a major barrier. I think it's more to do with the availability of the infrastructure to support, to drive the payment systems. Uh, because today, if you go to the villages, almost everybody, at least, they might have uh, the feature from what we call the YAM. Uh, uh, some time ago, you won't even find uh, a phone within a whole community. So it could tell, I mean, it tells you that it's more of the provision of infrastructure than culture. Because obviously, the, the, the consumer involved understand they really appreciate co convenience. So if they get to know that the value of, of, of this is going to give me a lot of peace of mind, trust me, it goes beyond the culture. Right. It's, 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 interesting, it's interesting how it's increased the, the amount of in-country in remittances, exactly. region to region, from, from people who in your village who say, you know what, yeah. just send it, just, just send it, and they yeah. know within seconds they'll yeah. get it. And funnily enough, when you talk about infrastructure, even for people who don't have phones, they know you can send them a token and they'll be yeah, fine. Exactly. So they know, all, they know everything about how it's done. I mean, I mean, these days you cannot even avoid uh, tipping people because if they, they may they call you, they will ask, okay, I have a mobile money number. You need to send I, I, I had one this morning, this, this evening that the IGP will not be very happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the IGF will not be very I can, happy. I can only project. You can project. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you will be very happy to hear that one. <laughs> that one too has been made easy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So this is 27 minutes past the hour of seven. This is a discussion about the present and the future of payment systems. My guest, Eli Hini of MTN Ghana. He's in charge of, generally in charge of mobile financial services. And then Elhanan Oreku is in charge of consumer distribution at Ecobank Ghana. We're trying to break down the issue of payments and see what the key issues are. I'm going to touch on a very important topic that last week I just was was was, was angling to bring it through, but I just decided to hold on it for today. Let's talk about the do's and the don'ts. For instance, somebody says, send me your details and I will make the payment online. What must you never do in this world of high cyber fraud? The, I, I mean, let's, let's say, for, for instance, MTN has an advert that says, don't give out your PIN for your, your mobile number to anyone. Nobody will require it of you. So it's, it's, a, it's a don't. Yeah. Let's use this platform to educate people because you will be surprised at sometimes how the uninformed and the vulnerable are, are deceived by people who call them sounding very genuine, who tell them, just give me this and I'll be able to assist you, and they end up losing their money. What must people never do in terms of information, pa- passing on information? Should they break some information into two and send it on different platforms? Just give some useful tips for the benefit of our listeners, the do's and the don'ts of online or, or mobile um, technology payments. Maybe um, let me start from you, Riku. Okay, I mean, uh, one of the, one, well, the first thing I think I'll prioritize in terms of don'ts will be the pin. I, I, I mean, PIN stands for personal identification number. A lot of the time... And, and the word is personal. It's personal, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a lot of the time, we, we forget about the, the personal. We just f- focus on the number. And uh, I, I, I think that this is something that we need to educate customers on because it is the key to your account. What is the risk? If you give out your PIN, you've given that individual access, direct access to your account. So, let's explain it to the uninformed. Uh, you say the PIN. Is it the PIN for your mobile mobile money account? Is it the PIN to your ATM card? Which PIN are you concerned about? Okay, so, so Break inter- it down for in- us. interestingly, for, for digital transactions, whether it is uh, uh, mobile, whether it is card, you, you, you are required to input a PIN. Um, uh, some time back, I think two or three years ago in the U.S., PIN was not a requirement for transactions. They were just doing swipe and then you sign and then the transactions go through. The fraud that, the fraud that hits the U.S., I mean, it was just too much. So the, the likes of Visa MasterCard just told them that we are going to shift liabilities to you, as in the, the banks that are issuing the cards, if you don't enforce PIN to authorize transactions. The moment those rules came out, almost everybody is shaping up. It, it tells you how important the pen is in the life of a, a financial transaction. So if you even break it down to the mobile, you, you need the, the, the pen for your mobile wallet or your mobile account, you would authorize the transaction. And I think that is something that users of uh, digital financial services should be aware of. It's their biggest don't. Ellie, um, let, let's, let's trash the issue of pins and then we'll come to other do's and don'ts. Um, if somebody doesn't have access to your phone, 
is the knowledge of your pain still a threat? Yes and uh, no. It depends on the uh, technologies uh, that are at play. Um, like Oreku said, the first thing you want the customer to understand is that uh, your pain is personal to you and you don't want to uh, give it to anybody at any point in time. Indeed, if at any time you realize that uh, your pain has been compromised, you have the opportunity to quickly uh, change it before somebody gets to know. Um, when you talk about the access to the phone, um, there, there are two things. If I take your um, ATM card and I don't have the pin, I obviously can't use it. But some of the solutions uh, are, allow you to have online access as well uh, as a channel. And some of these accesses work sometimes without reference to the phone. And some work with reference to the phone. And so if, for instance, I can go online and use a certain credential uh, to access the same ac ac account, then I can proceed to, to, to go ahead and take money from your wallet. In the instances where you need the phone, that is the next level of security, which means that you must also have the phone and then be able to go online because you need the phone to communicate uh, with you online before access is provided. So it depends on on the solution. The, the new solutions actually uh, mandates that uh, you have both uh, accesses before you are able to access the online channel. It means you need your phone. So first, don't don't give out the pin. Yeah. Any other? Well, um, I'll go straight into the area where most people are vulnerable, which is the uh, experiences we are, we are having on uh, uh, mobile money. And that is um, instances where people are indicating that they have sent you wrongly. Uh, money uh, to your wallet and then they make a request that you send the money back to them uh, and sometimes the way they go about it um, if you are not careful you, you easily be caught. Now the first thing is that um, typically when somebody sends money to you uh, these days people have taken just the channel of uh, the SMS which is the validation that comes with it but that is just an information that you need the real uh, issue is what happens on your wallet. And you can only do that if you go into your wallet and actually check your balance, first of all, and check your statement. Because it also allows you, the service allows you to check your statements of at least the last five transactions. And if you are not conversant with any of these things, uh, I think the best thing is to ask the person to actually contact the service provider. I think that's the best um, um, feedback I'll give to customers, that if anybody calls you with any reasons for that, ask the person to contact the service provider. In, and, and, in, in and, our and case... Nine out of ten times is fake. <laughs> yes. So once you contact the service provider, they'll be able to ascertain whether indeed the person's uh, allegations are, are true. And the service provider will contact you back to actually uh, engage you around the transaction if indeed it's correct. So people should not listen to anybody who has called to say that I've wrongly sent you money and then proceed to take an action. Ask that individual to engage the service provider. And, and for me, we've gone several uh, ways. I think this is what we expect our customers to do. I'm going to, in take, any I'm going to take the opportunity to share my personal example just for the benefit of listeners, and I'm going to come back to that. But uh, uh, um, when I come to you, I'm going to be asking you if somebody wants to transfer money to you um, through the banking system online, should you share your account 
details by email by text which one is the safest and why or, or, or by whatsapp and why but ellie you talk about the fact that for mobile transactions um don't um don't listen to anyone who calls saying they've sent you money and typically when they start i just i just cut them i just cut them on the line but there was one instance which was real and you remember i called you about that there was one instance that was real because i saw the transaction i knew i wasn't expecting any money from there I took. T- I, I forgot about the text. I went into my wallet. It was there. I went into my statement. It was there. I knew how much I had in my wallet, so I didn't have that money, so I knew it wasn't mine. But even then, I still slowed down the process. Uh, he called me. I said, listen, call the service provider. He called the service provider. I called the service provider. I was giving information. I was still not satisfied. I called the service provider's boss. I slowed down the process for days until I was fully convinced everything was right. And then I, with the help of the service provider, I realized it was a genuine case of somebody mistakenly punching the wrong number, and I returned the money to the person. He was so grateful. He pronounced so many blessings on me. He wanted me to take the fee. I said, listen, listen, I don't need anything from you. I just wanted to be sure it was your money. Once in a while, there will be a genuine case of, of, of a situation like this, but largely, largely, even the tone of where you tell me that. <laughs> It's, it's one of the key points of, of, of fraud in the system, really. Yes, um, and I think you did you did the right thing, and that's that's the whole message we keep preaching to our customers that uh, anytime there is any instance of someone calling you purported to have done a transaction or the other and expects um, an action from you, ask that customer to engage the service provider. And once that engagement is done, we are able to in- investigate and actually validate and proceed to take the necessary uh, actions. Then the other ones which we also have observed uh, lately is that people tend to get uh, messages that indicates that they have won one promotion or the other. And uh, you, you ask yourself, have you participated in any promotion? And the person says no. Then how do you win when you haven't uh, taken part in a promotion. And the next question is, you need to provide some information before uh, you get your price. Once again, it's a simple process. Ask the individual who is calling. Uh, you follow up with the service provider, and if indeed you have won, you would be able to ascertain that and don't continue to engage that uh, person. Now, the... Winnings for such promotions have uh, processes that are followed. And the process that is generally followed is for MTN to call uh, with their uh, service line, which is 024 for $300,000. If you get a call from that, yes, they would tell you, and they would actually uh, engage you uh, and give you processes you must follow, which would include coming to the office. Uh, with an ID to show that indeed you are the person and all and you're that. You are not required to make any payments. You are not required to make right. any payments. That's the most and, important and, and, point. So, and so, people who come with those kinds of uh, uh, things should uh, be on the lookout. And then the other uh, uh, thing is when all of a sudden you get uh, uh, a flash on your phone. Uh, it's all social engineering. You get a flash that asks you to do one, take one action or the other. Once again. We want to advise customers to desist from taking any action uh, with that. Quickly, how do you change your mobile PIN? Well, for your PIN, um, it's part of the menu. And um, you either, there are two things. If you do remember the PIN and you just feel that it's been compromised, then you go to the menu, go to uh, 
my wallet and under my wallet services you'd find a uh, change of your pin and it will ask you to put in the old one and then you validate with the new one where you have forgotten then you need to engage the service provider in this case mtn or the other service providers and they'll take you through a process that allows you to reset with your new pin how frequently must one change the pin as often as one uh, should um today if you even take the standard uh, process we run in our offices your uh, login password i'm sure in most instances within a month you should you should have changed it and really? so yes yeah. Within a month, you have changed it. So if, if, if I've kept the same thing for three years, it's not advisable. The system will force you to change it because right. you'll be locked out. Right. And you'll be forced to change it. Those are the, the, so the levels. the pin must be changed yes. at least once as, a year? As often, once a year, <laughs> that's, that's long. Okay. Uh, especially when you find yourself uh, interacting with it very often. Right. Uh, it will be good to uh, change it as often as you can and we want to get to a point where the system is able to force customers actually to do that change that way we are sure that customers keep updating their pains regularly Oreku, as about passing on information you are telling somebody to pay you for a service rendered online um i i, I dealt with a banker in the u.s and she was very fastidious about passing all the information through one channel she wanted to break half through one channel and half through another channel and I was wondering what it was all about, but since I have a banker in the city, tell me, is there any cause for alarm sending all the information through one channel? Let's see, a WhatsApp message or an email or a, or a, a text message. Yeah, what, what this um, person was trying to avoid was to, to ensure that uh, she doesn't uh, fall prey to identity theft because um, it, it, she is going to be the beneficiary of the funds. Everybody will conclude that it's easy. Let me just, just have my account number, my routing number, all the details that's related to my bank. Just have them. But a lot of uh, intelligence has gone in terms of uh, uh, cyber theft, has gone into the, uh, to, to the level where these information are gradually being stolen from individuals. And they build a whole profile of yourself. And then before you realize your identity has been picked up by them. So they know your, your, your bank details, they know where you stay, they know almost everything about you. And there are, there are some documentaries where it just tells you how these uh, cyber crimes are being discovered or people just fall prey to. You, you call the contact center and because I know almost everything about you, I'll, use, I'll be able to use that to, be able to change your pin online. So that is, that is the only reason why you need to be careful who you send the information to and how you send it. I mean, today, if you have your debit card, your bank card, using the card at the ATM, you might you might say that you a pin you you require a pin. So, what 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 is really happening now is that a lot of the uh, 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 financial crime it's actually happening online. If I have your card today, Albert, I'll be able to log on to any of these websites, merchants' websites. Shop with your card because I have your full card with number. With the three digits. I have the security code which is at the back. I have the expiry dates. I have your name. And in, in our part of the world, we don't verify uh, addresses. You know, uh, so it's, it's much, much easier. I mean, if you have a card that has an address in the U.S., 
and you do a transaction on a merchant site in the U.S., you'll be forced to input the correct address of the cardholder. So that, that goes back to the point of identity theft. If I, I, I have every information about you, I know your address, I know your phone number, I know every detail about you. I happen to chance on your, your card number, your card details. I'll just zero account, account balance. 17 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. And that is the point where somebody said, hmm. <laughs> the voice you just heard is Uruku Asari from Ecobank showing us how, how not managing our information can make us vulnerable. But we are talking about the present and the future of payment systems. While we are t- talking about the convenience that it brings, we also are trying to share some do's and don'ts just so that in our excitement about the benefits of payment systems, we don't fall prey to the the downside of it where we unknowingly give out information that could make us vulnerable to people who do not have the right motives and one of the things that we've, we've, we've learned this evening is that don't keep the same pin for a very very long time change it as often as you can it's something i'm learning myself for the very first time just change it as often as you can and so that's one useful tip for you and then very very importantly um don't don't at the same time in the same place just give out sensitive information that when pieced together can give somebody access to the key the key aspects of your information that will be used should anything happen as far as your transactions are concerned i'm going to probably open the phone lines so that people can ask questions because these are experts you don't get together very often so i have a guru in mobile mobile money payments and i also have a banking a banking technology person in the house i I mean let's find out what what are the things we need to know so that we can we can take advantage of these platforms without also making ourselves uh, vulnerable so speed versus security um (laughs) the the payment systems are fast but early we're also finding out that the 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 are there is a potential downside we must be aware of. Are these concerns we must be, are these things, um, issues we must be concerned about? Yes. To uh, the extent that... Albert, we, 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 we definitely should be concerned. And if you would realize in recent times, um, MTN has taken the fight uh, on fraud very seriously. And we are embarking on a number of uh, activities. Just before I came in, I was monitoring uh, my team's uh, uh, WhatsApp page, and they were sharing some work they had done uh, just this evening during the match, the FA Cup final, uh, the things that people should be uh, wary of. Uh, speed is, is very important, and uh, we need to make sure that we provide that because that is the whole essence of uh, making payments smart and people are able to get onto their normal ways. Because assuming that to do a transaction, um, you don't need to leave home. You can execute that transaction. Fantastic. The, Fantastic. Speed, the speed, the convenience, you know, so, it's just brilliant. Exactly. But the, the downside yes. is what I'm asking about. Yes, that's what I'm, that, I wanted to build it from that point. Right. That, so as you get all those convenience, you also need to look at how you protect yourself. Right. And it's important that we educate uh, our customers to understand the risk that comes with the, the, the service. Because as nice as it is, it also has some areas that uh, customers should be uh, wary of. So we are not going to uh, exchange 
just the speed, convenience for security. Right. That's why we spend time to also go through the whole discussion about how you manage your pain, mm-hmm. the things you do around your pain, and how you ensure that you protect it as often um, as possible. Kingsford is asking on WhatsApp, how is it possible for mobile money fraudsters to know the exact amount in one's account? Um, that that particular uh, uh, f- uh, feedback has come. And uh, for us, it's uh, two things. Uh, and one of them is that for most of our customers today, and I'll give you a personal experience, um, they go to our agents, and instead of uh, doing transactions all by themselves, they hand over their uh, uh, phones to these agents to do transactions for them. And so if the person who you are dealing with is, is not a good person, he's able to pick information on your uh, wallet and therefore gets to be able to make uh, an indication of what details you have in terms of your balance and all that. So that's, that's one, one uh, aspect. And so for our customers today, what we advise is that as much as possible, initiate and close transactions by yourself. So if you go to an agent today and you want to put money on your wallet, do that by yourself. Don't go to the agent and hand over your phone. And also don't go to the agent and try and send money through the agent to another uh, customer. In the process of the interaction, you might be giving away information that uh, may pertain to the other customer. And just by that, agents or uh, fosters who are around may pick those information. Some of the other uh, things we also observe is that our agents use uh, what we call a transaction uh, booklet, which they record some information, critical information on it. It's all part of the tracking process. And sometimes those information, if you find a froster around because they know what they want, they come, sometimes they just come with a phone and take a picture of the book and be able to use that to actually uh, interact with uh, the customer on the other side. So we have said to customers, do not at the agent point when you have completed a transaction. In the past, people will finish a transaction, they'll make a call right in the presence of everybody there and be giving away the token information that they just got. Somebody is somewhere just writing that information and, and goes away. So customer uh, 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 awareness is very key, and we expect that people take that step uh, very seriously. 11 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. Let me just give a chance to a couple of people to call into the show to ask questions that my guests can help you unravel as far as smart payments are concerned. The number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one. If you have a question that you would like to ask about the use of smart technologies to make payments, the convenience that comes with online payments, mobile payments, zero three zero two two one six five four one is the number to call. My guests Eli Heaney from MTN and Elhanan Roku Asari from Ecobank, helping us to break down the issue of payments in the banking system, payments in the mobile system, and everything in between. We're trying to understand how we can do this easier, faster, more conveniently. But you have a problem. You, there's something you want to understand. You've been trying to get an answer to it. Here is your show. Ask my guests these questions, and they will give you the answers so you can be better equipped to deal with the issues that confront you. I'm going to narrow down on the issue of, of transaction cost. Give me some information on transaction cost and let's find out whether 
while these are so beneficial and I can cross my my legs at home and 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 just make these payments should I be concerned about transaction costs? But I have a caller on the line. Um, so let me see what the caller is. Tra- Hello, good evening. Good evening. This is Richmond. Did you say Richmond or Richard? Please. Richard or Richmond? Richmond from Boy. Um, Richmond, your question, please. Please. Uh, I want to ask, is it possible if you miss send a money to someone and then you call the the wrong receiver to resend you the money the person to I mean to tell you he not sent you to send the money to him on on his wallet so he will not be able to send you the money back all right, Richmond, you're saying that if you mistakenly send money to somebody and you ask the person to send it back and the person says they won't send it back, do you have any yeah. recourse? All right, Ellie will answer that one. Let me take a couple more. Um, hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Hello. Yeah. Yes, your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Dennis from Hacho. Hello. Did you say Dennis from Hacho? Yes, please. Um, Dennis, please go ahead. So, Dennis will ask a question, right? Um, this this, 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 um, the, what are the crisis features on the mobile money platform? Uh, because since you are systems, I'm sure they are, um, before somebody can break into your mobile money account, they're supposed to be an insider. So as the gentleman was saying earlier, what are the features you put so they can enhance, they can enhance this problem and fix that those who, those who drop put, drop put money from their, their wallet can be stopped. I don't know what the crisis features you put in place going forward to, oh. to, to, to fix this problem. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Dennis, your question is also about security. Um, I have another call on the line. Hello. Good evening. All right. All right. So let's, uh, let's answer um, Richmond's question. Uh, Ellie, that goes straight to you. The, the person says, listen, I didn't send you to, I didn't ask you to send me money, so I owe you no obligation. What, 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 what recourse do you have? Well, uh, let me start by saying that uh, we have come to this point because of all the other schemes that other people have done and played on people. So people are being very cautious and careful. And like you did, uh, we believe that the best uh, route is for Richmond to report to the service provider. If it's MTN, you you call us and tell us this is what has happened. We are able to tell uh, by checking through the process, uh, the, the logs, and then we are able to engage the other customer on the other side and we are able to find uh, a solution to the problem. Uh, so for instances where a uh, customer calls you, that's what I've explained. Please ask the customer to engage the service provider so that we can take away all these uh, schemes. Um, the other gentleman was talking about um, people taking money out of your uh, wallet. Now, uh, nobody can take money out of your wallet uh, I've heard that several times, uh, that it, it just happened. It doesn't just happen. Uh, in most instances, when the people call and they start engaging the customer, and the customer now begins to engage in an interaction with the customer, what happens is that they then try to uh, work you through a process where you yourself end up sending, end up sending the money back All right. uh, Let me to take them. a quick call, and I'm going to come to you with a question that has come up on, uh, on WhatsApp. Um, hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Kweku, calling from Ekrobo. Uh, why is Ekrobo this evening? Ah, Ekrobo is good. We're about to celebrate with you. Are you are invited. Uh, 
thank you very much. We'll be happy to come up and, and celebrate with you. But tell us, what issue about mobile money or smart payments engaging you tonight? Yeah, my, my worry has to do with uh, this uh, buying of airtime with a bonus, that bonus aspect of it. You buy, you buy, you buy credits on bonus and then you are charged 10%. Within a day, I think the percentage is too much. Because the bank rate doesn't even charge 10% within a day or a month. So if you buy, say, 10 CDs worth of credit borrowing and you take 10 CDs, 10 pesos, I think it's too much. Or 11 CDs. And your name again is? Kweku. Okay, let's see if we can get a quick answer. Let me take the last one and then I'll, I'll wrap this one up. Do you have another call on the line? Hello. All right, hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. Your name, please. Frempong from Adina. Frempong from Adina, please. Your question on mobile payments. Yeah, okay. I want to know whether uh, the mobile money, when you go to your Play Store, there are some apps that you need to purchase. Do they have plans for us to use uh, mobile uh, money or mobile account to purchase some of these things. All right. Thank you very much, Frimpong from Medina. Let me come to the studio and wrap this one up in the next couple of minutes. All right. So, um, <laughs> this is serious stuff. <laughs> I, saw you, I saw you smiling as the questions kept coming in. Let's quickly speak to um, Kweku, who talks about the 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 what he thinks is an interest on airtime. Did, did you get a question? The, the, the yeah. cost. The if, cost. If, if of you can speak to it very quickly, okay. and then let's speak also to the Play Store issue. Okay, let's, I mean, I from from my perspective, uh, the the telcos give they give you the opportunity to be able to borrow airtime, and then you'll be able to repay when you you charge your 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 account. And if you look at the amounts that they they charge in relation to. Uh, the value that you are getting, that spot on value, I think it's it's something that we can work within. Right. Yeah. Right. Somebody's asking, can I send money via Ecobank app to somebody in Ghana? The Ecobank app receives funds um, worldwide. Anywhere right. you are, uh, you can actually download the app with your Visa or MasterCard. And then you can transfer funds to a beneficiary anywhere in the in world. In the world. Right. What, what do they require? An account visa. You just you just download the app, and then you you attach your bank card, either Visa or Mastercard. That is, if you are not within the countries that EcoBank operates in. But if you are within the country EcoBank operates in, you can just download it with your phone number. Right, um, Ellie. Just to close on this, somebody is asking. He wants to he wants to do action on the Play Store. He, there's some apps he wants to buy. Does mobile telephony allow him to, to make these payments? Uh, yes. Uh, we are currently uh, in uh, closing our partnership with uh, Visa. Uh, that will allow uh, Visa to support settlement of such transactions uh, via mobile money. Because mobile money is denominated in Ghana cities, you need a partner who has an international um, uh, engagement to be able to settle those funds for you. So, yes, once we have that uh, uh, service uh, available, customers can use that approach and so it means that you you have a, a visa account which would work off your mobile money uh, wallet so anytime you want to purchase a product you have a one-time uh, pin that you uh, introduce and then once you generate it you use that to uh, do your transactions on the play store or anything it will charge you equivalent in uh, ghana cities at the rate of the uh, existing rate uh, in dollars 
and that would help customers to do that. The future in one word, payments. The future of payments in one word. One word. License mobile. Mobile. One word. The future of payment one is word. mobile. All right. So there's one thing that the two, the banker and the and the and the the banker and the who the. <laughs> The fintech. <laughs> well, you can call it fintech. You can call it uh, payment. Uh, the man from MTN and the man from EcoBank are sure. doing one thing that the yeah. future is mobile. So yeah. this has been a discussion about the present, the past, and the future of of payment systems. And my guests tonight have been Eli Heni from MTN and then Elhanan Oreku Asari from EcoBank. They've given us some very useful insights. I guess the one I'm taking home, Pastor Twakwa, change your PIN number as frequently as you can. And that's the tip. I am taking away. Change your PIN number. Change it as frequently as you can, Pastor. That's a tip for you. And please, when we close, please help him to set up mobile payments in his church so that when I want to give offering for not being in church, I can send him the, the mobile payments. All right, so thank you so much for joining us tonight and for throwing light on an issue that is very dear to the hearts of many. I'm sure we'll get to do this again and then explore the subject even much more. But on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, and Amos, my name is Albert Okran. I want to say a big thank you to you, Oreku, and to you, Ellie. Let's do this again. So we come away again next week. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed. No more searching, searching the light.